0: Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast My name is Darren, thank you very much for tuning in Episode 68 of the big show The Christmas edition of the 4th Line Voice brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network How's everybody doing out there? Hope everybody's Christmas went well uh did we go out for the boxing day sales or stay home. Yeah, I, I didn't go anywhere. Uh pretty quiet Christmas around here, just obviously the wife and I and uh yeah, unfortunately with the restrictions and everything else, not much is going on, but um you know, what are you gonna do? That's the way it is. That's been twenty twenty in a nutshell. But uh now we ate uh had a good had a good meal. Uh wife put made a turducken which was a bacon wrapped turducken which we picked up at safeway which was excellent so yeah last night we definitely ate way too much and oh i started mixing my booze i had like hard alcohol and then some wine and then threw some beer in there and it was, uh, yeah yeah did not sit well early this morning but uh but uh, overall the food was great and um yeah it was just uh just quiet time here so like i said yeah i wasn't uh i wasn't going to do much but uh, i figured you know with the world juniors on uh, somebody down here had mentioned tutu on twitter and it kind of got me back it got me thinking back to kind of like the toughness that's been on obviously it's a team can i'm going to be focusing on team canada um just the toughness that they've had on their roster over the years so it got me to go back and i i checked back to the uh to all the rosters going back to 1974. And uh, yeah, some interesting names. I'll we'll talk about that. And of course, Derek Englund and um, kind of do a year in review. I got a few things to say about a few different people. Um, um, just recognize a few people and stuff and kind of what, what's going to go happening going forward here. And um, yeah, also, um, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I've, I actually had set like. Seven, seven, eight, nine. I had at least seven or eight people um, either text me or mention it to me privately on Twitter about the incident in Calgary with the uh, guys playing shinny and the police and stuff. And, um, you know, um, so I wanted to, I wasn't going to talk about it, but uh, I also uh, did some investigating because uh, I didn't want to just go on here and um, just start rambling without really knowing. So I read a few of the reports online uh, stories online. Um, but then I also went to a source um, that was that's well <laughs> that's that's close to it and uh, close to the incident and uh, kind of got the scoop of what's happening and I will share that with you and my feelings on that and uh, you know and like I said around here, uh, you, know, you guys know I don't BS, so I'll give you the, you know, my my opinion on it, straight scoop, and uh, you know I think we get Everybody listening, I think we can. Uh, we'll be adults, and uh, I, I was going to have a have a, an adult conversation, but obviously it's a podcast, so it's a one sided conversation. But um, I'll get into that in a bit. But uh, first off, um, yeah, I just want to obviously like i always do i'll do uh you know we'll talk about the on the hockey podcast network here there's 40 shows um every every nhl team is represented so whatever uh, team you're a fan of there is a show for you and uh you know of course with the season starting here in january um you know those guys will be kicking it into high gear and their shows will get rolling so uh yeah that's something to, listen to of course uh we have former players terry ryan on the network uh brad leib um you know for that for that perspective on things um yeah so and uh so definitely check that out of course the uh my off network friends got joe over at the coliseum chronicles um who's doing uh new york islander show um so and he's had over the over this past season he said great guests on um or past season, past year, um, you know, Mick Fakoda, Dean Ewan, Jason Strudwig, Aaron Ash, and Eric Bolton, just had Kevin Devine on, which was a, which was a fun episode to listen to because it really goes back. He's a former WHA player. Um, you know, so, that, so you hear the stories from the seventies and stuff, which were great, you know, you know, Gold, Goldthorpe and bad news, Billado and all those guys. So it was, it was cool to hear. Um, definitely check that out. Um, just, and Joe just, just great work and, um, you know, really thorough. So, going to get a really solid interview um you know joe just does a great job as well as alec well congratulations to alec who got married over the christmas holidays here um so he, he, he threw the wedding pictures up so she didn't run away completely she didn't run away on him or or if she tried he caught her so uh no but congratulations and uh hope you guys have uh happy and fruitful healthy marriage and uh yeah that was that was sort of just haphazard there wasn't it uh no i just wish all wish all you guys wish you the two the best and uh, again congratulations and i know you've had some some stops and starts and around and around and uh i know it's it, it's been uh been just a crazy year and um you know i feel for anybody trying to plan anything uh wedding wise or, or otherwise in this uh in 2020 with everything that's gone on. So, uh, but congratulations to you both. Um, so needless to say, Alec doesn't have a new episode this week, but uh, of course, Dave in over of the uh, Slewfoot show and uh, Dan, Paul and Kelly at the Obeda puck show. And um, yeah, there we go. And like I always say, if you were in the market, if you're in the Lloydminster area and you need tires, rims, I have a go to fountain tire. Lloyd Minster owned and operated by Kent Staniforth, former guest on the show. Uh, Kent does a great job, and uh, yeah, you know it's it's winter tire season, and uh, you know Kent's your guy. So yes, if you're in the Lloyd Minster area, definitely give him a ch- give him a call. Go and stop by. And tell him Darren from the Fourth Line Voice sent you. And uh, I don't know. That might get you a free uh, window sticker or something. I don't know. Maybe I'll help you out with a deal. You never know. And if not, you needed the tires anyway. At the very least, you're gonna. You could probably get a WHL story at a can. So he's got some. He's got some good ones. So ask him. Like I always say, ask him about the time he fought Topper. You know, or the time Link Gates showed up in the store. Ask him about that. But uh, yeah, no. Seriously, though, Fountain Tire, at Lloydminster. Check it out. Good dude. But, uh, yeah, guys, um, like I said, I think we'll, uh, I think first things first, we'll just talk about, uh, you know, um, Derek Englund, who retired, um, you know, what a career, 38 years old, and uh, got really a late start, um, I can, of course, I can remember him playing for the Moose Jaw Warriors, he played four years there, in the in the Western League, and, um, yeah, initially was, uh, you know, a sixth round pick by New Jersey, and, um, you know, never played for them, but, Uh, You know, in the in the 2000 draft, and uh, but I just I I didn't realize he had played that long in the minors. You go and look, and I mean, dude was 27 years old when he made his NHL debut. Looked it up, it was uh, November 9th uh, for for the Penguins against the Bruins, and uh, he played nine games that year. And then he went on to play um, full time after that. The following year, he never went back, and he ended up playing 671 NHL games. Um, 127 career points, 579 uh, penalty minutes, at 70 tilts in the NHL, and, uh, yeah, a hell of a career. I know, um, as fight fans, every once in a while, we, uh, not really got on, but just kind of like, oh, he doesn't fight anymore, he stopped fighting, and, you know, well, you know, at that point in his career, I mean, when he got to Vegas, he really wasn't fighting. I mean, Really, I mean, you're talking about a guy who was in his, in his 30s at that point, um, mid-30s, and uh, they had Reeves, so it's not like he really needed to. Um, I know the, the few games I did watch, and I talked to a few people, still played tough, still played it rough in front of the net, and, uh, you know, it was a physical guy. It wasn't like all of a sudden, you know, he went and turned soft or anything, but um, the thing that I think sometimes that gets overlooked is... You know, before he even got to the NHL, he had 63 fights in the Western Hockey League in four junior years at another 67 fights in the American Hockey League. You know, and it's like, you know, it and that's not even, you know, I'm just bouncing numbers here. That's not even the East Coast with the Wranglers and stuff. So, I mean, you're talking to the guy 120, 130 plus fights before he ever made the NHL. You know so he had some mileage on that body before on his fists before he ever you know cranked it out to the nhl so um you know the fact that he even had 70 tilts there but i mean some big names on his card you know and that had the dropped or and had f- good fights with goddard and and was a bad dude He decided to fight big guy and um, yeah nothing but respect for uh for Derek england um you know and like i get it you know as fight fans you know we always you know we you know you want to see him fight more and all that but uh, you know um i get it at the same time it's like hey if the dude if you can you know carve out the lot kind of the last half of your career just playing kind of some just some tough d without having to fight i mean you know can you i can't really blame the guy to be completely honest and uh you know, but he did win a Calder Cup in 2006 with the Hershey Bears. Um, he won the Mark Messier Leadership Award um, while he was a member of the Knights. Um, he was with the Flames, and he got he got picked up by the Knights in the expansion draft and. Um, He had played for the Las Vegas Wranglers in the East Coast League previously to that. And uh, I was just reading up on it. That's where he met his wife. So he actually lived in Las Vegas anyway. And uh, so, you know, it was kind of a perfect fit for him in the Knights. And uh, even now, as he's retired, I know he's staying on. He's working as an ambassador for the team. um, Obviously, living there and everything. You know, he's already, he's definitely uh, involved in the community. And I mean, anybody that listens to this podcast knows that. I mean, well, not this year, unfortunately, but every year for like the last decade, um, my wife and I, we go to Vegas every February. So, I mean, I've seen the impact the Knights have had on the Las Vegas area, and uh, it's it's mind blowing. Like, Knight stuff, like gear everywhere. Now, granted, they certainly have not been the typical expansion team. I mean, success right away. I mean, hell, they almost won the cup. They're in the final the first year, which is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, and I think when they made the playoffs every year that they've been in. How many years have they been in the league now? Three, you know, and and had decent runs. And yeah, so, I mean, you know, their success has been huge. And um, yeah, and they're massive in Las Vegas. I mean, like I said, we go to Walmart to get the get the room food, the cheap booze. The first night we're there. I mean, you walk around Walmart, they have an entire section. Of night section you know and then well and then now add the raiders to that as well and uh yeah and i mean when you're driving um you know everyone has like night sticker on the window or license plate holder or what have you or there's jerseys and hats and everywhere you go people got night's gear and um you know what a, not a jersey but um you know a t-shirt a jersey, whatever you want to call it um you see a lot of anglin shirts and um you know hell i would have almost i would almost pick if they had fat guy sizes i totally would have picked up an england sh- jersey um i probably well let's be completely honest i would have got a reeves one first but um but yeah no i can like i said i can remember him playing a moose jaw i was a fan then and um uh, it was great to see him having a, a great career and um from all counts a good dude and uh yeah and uh walks away, um, just kind of briefly looked it up. I was just curious, looked it up on salary cap. So I don't know how completely accurate it is, but I mean, it says he made 14 million over his career. So, you know, um, I don't, I I certainly don't think he'll be having to pick up any, uh, you know, part-time gigs to make ends meet. I would hope not. But, uh, like I said, props to him um, for gutting it out and uh, like I said to ride ride the buses and battle until you're 27 and then you finally get your shot and then shit 10 more years after that unreal Um, yeah so he he reminds me of Sean Thornton in a lot of ways you know like all those years riding buses and fighting and uh, you know finally paid off and and it was cool to see you know especially at that age It's not often that a team would you know you know they're so age conscious now that that a team would give an older defenseman um especially in this day and age like a physical guy like that um you know it's hard enough to get those guys jobs when they're 23 let alone 27 28 and they got miles on them and um you know for the penguins to to give him a chance um, at that age it says something so there's obviously got to be well clearly leadership uh, you know capabilities and attributes there because for him to to even you know get that shot and uh, and he took advantage of it and uh, had a hell of a run made some good money and uh, like I said 679 NHL games man or 671 pardon me. Um that's regular season. I think he played uh 55 playoff games I believe. Yeah, so so there over 700 pro game or NHL games. I mean that's uh you know all after the age of 27, which hell of a run. So congratulations to Derek Anglin and uh hey maybe I'll run well not like I said not this year, but maybe next year when we're in Vegas I'll run into him. And oh, that'd be a, that'd be cool. But, uh, yeah, well, guys, like I was saying, um, of course, this time of year, everyone's all gung-ho for the World Juniors, of course, and um, it's really become a tradition on uh, on TSN, and, uh, you know, I've enjoyed really, you know, like everything, I think my, <clears throat> my fandom, obviously, for hockey, well, I have no interest in hockey anymore, but... Um, I'll still tune into the to the World Junior, now and again, not as much as I did, but I will check it out, um, especially when they play the States. Um, you know, if it's a gold medal game, I'll tune in. But um, like everything, um, and just with hockey in general, it's it's changed over the years. Um, I will say, and I think anybody listening will probably, and it's not just me saying it, I think anybody that's followed the tournament over the years will say the same thing. Um... Canada was always the physical, at one time, was always physically dominant um, outside of the Americans who played the same. Um, the two North American teams always were really reliant on physical play. I mean, obviously, they had the skill. Well, clearly, they had the skilled lines. But Canada, I, I can just speak from a Canadian standpoint because that's obviously who I paid attention to. Um, Canada always had kind of a physical fourth line and again not fourth line in the sense of oh they took an enforcer or anything no but all those guys on their own junior teams or college teams were like first line guys obviously but uh, you know on the team canada they kind of accepted that role as 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 a checking type unit and uh and just a mass of hitters and uh and then they always sort of had that one defense pairing that was just like mean as shit and uh and again, like skilled guys too, obviously. But um, like, if you just go on YouTube, you type it in. I mean, you can. I mean, I know he catches lots of shit now and whatever. But like Dion Phaneuf back in junior, and even in his first few years in like Calgary and stuff with the Flames, like he was. I'm not a big like fano- Like I always heard, he's kind of a jack off off the ice. This again, this is just what I've heard. But whatever, in terms of playing. I mean, the guy could do everything. And, I mean, massive hitter. And um, when he played for Team Canada, the World Juniors, I mean, imagine that defense pairing him and Shea Weber. Like, seriously? Like, yeah, it was ridiculous. And they would just hammer guys. And, yeah, I mean, I'll never forget when they played the Russians there in that gold medal. And, of course, it was 05, right? And Ovechkin was the big talk. And Crosby and Funuf and all those guys. And Ovechkin quit, you know right in the middle of the first period like they basically just beat the shit out of him every time he got the puck they would hit him and that was my first exposure to ovechkin and and it was like you know i mean obviously clearly he's went on to have a hall of fame nhl career but yeah he don't like getting he didn't like it back then getting hit back you know so it was um it was interesting watching him but yeah those guys were just dominant and you know going back through the list like i said going through the names and stuff and, um, like, obviously, the, in the 70s and, like, the 80s and stuff, I, the tournament wasn't what it is now. Like, I don't remember watching on TV until, uh, I don't, yeah late 80s, maybe? Um, of course, we were always fortunate in 91 here in Saskatoon when they came. Of course, everybody remember John Slaney scoring the, the game-winning goal with a minute left and um we were at that yeah i was actually at that game it was awesome place the roof blew off that was the loudest like sporting event i'd ever been to um it was awesome i was here Lindros was here and the hype around him and um you know the next one and all that and of course this is you know it's the first time we'd ever seen him again there was no internet or anything so outside of a few news stories you never saw these people so until you saw them live um yeah you had no idea you know, I mean, obviously we knew the Western League guys, but didn't, because we'd go to WHL games, but I didn't know what the OHL or Quebec or guys look like or what they, you know. So, um, yeah, to see Lindros, but it was just like a man amongst boys and just hammering people. Like, it's unbelievable. Just watching them plow through people. And they had a real physical team that year, too. And I'll get to the Well, let's just get to the rosters here. And, of course, the uh, the infamous uh, uh 1987, of course, um, when they had the bench clearing brawl against the Russians, uh, the punch up in Pistani, uh, and uh, both teams got banned from the tournament. And um, I'll get into that. I'll, I'll do the rosters first, and then I'll, we'll, I'll talk about that because there's a few interesting things that came out of that. But yeah, basically, I, I noticed that the the rosters it, it kind of they started doing it um, back in like 1974, and um, I want to say. Initially, the team Canada, junior team that got sent, was a team that won the Memorial Cup the year before. and um, But at any rate, uh, in 1974, Stan Jonathan was actually on the team. And, uh, you know, in 75 was Mel Bridgman and Brian Sutter. Um, so... Uh, so clearly it wasn't a memorial cup team that won. i just had read that it was a memorial cup team where they made all-star teams or whatever so but i mean i guess that i don't know how they worded that though because that's all team Canada is is an all-star team really hmm. i read i read the a bunch of articles just kind of just going over the team canada now that i think thinking saying it out loud after reading it, it doesn't really make any sense how it was worded um anyway um you know 77 um LC Cord, Rob Ramage, 78, Kurt Fraser. Of course, 78 was the year Wayne Gretzky was in there as well. I remember that. They actually did play a few of those games on, like, TSN Classic or whatever. It was, like, last year or something. And I remember it was always weird to me because Canada looked like they they were white and blue. Like, why would Canada be white and blue? I don't The Jersey selection didn't really. But Gretzky was dominant, but... Seventy nine Boris Fistrick, yeah. Anybody wondered who Boris Fistrick is? Go look up those stats. He dude, like thousand penalty minutes in three seasons, but he was he put up a lot of points too. He's a big tough defenseman. Um, Nineteen. Uh, I'm not doing every year because some of the years it just um, you know didn't really have. I tried to pick like recognizable names and stuff, but um, in terms of for tough guys, but in eighty two Gord Kluzak and Gary Nyland. That's too tough, Demon, right there, boy. Again, like I was saying with Candace, you know, with the rugged uh, Blue Liners um, and Klusak, um, I believe it was a first over. Was he first overall or second? He was a top three pick anyway by the Bruins, and unfortunately, injuries really um, cut his career down. I know he had a really bad back. I think it was back and knee. Um, but he's a big tough He was a tough dude. Um, he had some good fights. And, uh, and then Gary Nyland, same thing. Just a big D man there. I always like Gary Nyland. Um, you know, again, he would be fighting too. Um, 1984, Lyndon Byers and Gerald Didick. Um I always said it was Byers. And uh, I don't know what you saw in the NHL wasn't, you know. Unfortunately, like Lyndon Byers is a massive power forward in the Western Hockey League. We're talking 30 some goals, 200 minutes a season, um, high draft pick. Um, unfortunately, I think, and I, he's even admitted that, you know, the partying kind of lifestyle in the NHL um, really hindered his career and he got hurt a lot and stuff. But I think there was one year with the Bruins, if you, I, I don't have the screen open in front of me, but it was like he had 40 some games, but he had 12 goals, you know, so, and it was a real indication that like if he was healthy and had kept his head in the game like in terms of like taking it serious Byers had a lot of skill he's a good player and uh, and obviously everybody knows what he could do with his fists but um, yeah he uh, you know I mean he still played 200 some games and unfortunate with the injuries but uh, yeah if you take it a little more seriously would have been interested to see the career Byers could have had but he was a heck of a talent in junior and of course Gerald it. yeah again mean tough defenseman played a long time in the NHL but, yeah, phys- outstanding in, in junior. 85, um, you know, uh, Jeff Bukaboom, again, we, Canada of sticking with the theme of the physical D, uh, Bob Bass and Wendell Clark. What me, people might not know listening to this is Wendell was a defenseman back then. <clears throat> All through junior, Wendell Clark was a defenseman, which sounds so weird to, to say. Um, here in Saskatoon and yeah and I get when he played for Team Canada they, they moved him they, they had him play up front as well and I think that's where the Leafs saw him and, and kind of figured they could make him a forward you know um, which you know good idea obviously but um, but yeah Bob Bass and Pook, Wendell Clark and Shane Corson were all on that team so that's a real physical team um, and, and the 86 team Terry Karkner, Gary Roberts Shane Corson again. So, yeah, you I mean you got Corson and Roberts, like premier power forwards in the NHL, that would go on to be premier power forwards in the NHL. Terry Karkner, again, big tough D man. Of course, the 80- the infamous 87 team that had the brawl. Um, you know, you had Luke Richardson, Shanahan, um, Everett Santapas. Um, anybody look back in the day, he was a tough dude back in junior. Um, you know, and then Mike Keane. And again, you know people think back to the kind of the third line checker in the Montreal and he wasn't a massive fighter in the NHL but back in junior Keane was uh, a killer and seriously and um every year and to highlight that point that's not just me saying it uh, because again this is like 80 85 86 87 when he played junior so you know I was only 10 years old back then um so the, I don't I didn't know and I've gone back of course since then and researched and obviously there isn't unfortunately not a lot of his junior footage out there. I have a couple keen fights from junior on my channel though. Um, but um, every year um, the Leader Post in Regina, the newspaper in Regina would do the best in the East and they would hand out ballots to the players and uh, coaches and GMs. And, oh, best stick handler, best player, blah, blah, blah. But one of the categories was best fighter. And um, I believe uh, Kevin Shaw on Twitter was nice enough. He had found all of those dating back. It was like 80, was it 86 or 85 or 86 up until like 2003. He had all the back newspaper articles of those polls, and he sent them to me. So it was really cool to go back and see the names in all the categories put in the fighting category on the very first one and like the best in the East in like nineteen eighty six, Mike Keane was voted the best fighter. And you know, and this is with like Jim McKenzie and Darren Kimball and Tony Twist and Chase and all these guys in the league. And Keene was voted the best fighter. And this is not by reporters, by the by his peers, players and coaches. So yeah, that's saying something right there. So um because he's actually the one who initially when the brawl starts keen was the one that got into the first fight. And um but I'll come back to the eighty seven, brawl I'll do this after we go through the rosters. Um the 1988 team, of course, Rob DeMaio, again, a little guy. Um didn't fight much in the NHL when he did. He was awesome at it though. Do yourself a favor if you if you've never really watched. There isn't many, but go to YouTube, watch some Rob DeMaio tilts. He has a really good one with Darren Kimball and uh, later on he had one where he drops Richard Matvichuk, not that Matvichuk was a killer but um, I I didn't mind seeing Matvichuk get crumbled, put it that way I don't know if anybody out there knows Richard maybe he's a good guy or whatever but a few times I met him he was was a jack off but whatever Um, so I I was was laughing when I saw Demayo crumble him but um, 1989 Darcy Lohan again huge physical presence um yeah, unbelievable. Um I remember when Ottawa came here for a preseason game in sas 2 and they were doing all like the different neutral site games and stuff, and he uh he ran around like that's how we noticed him because it was like, Who the hell is number number ten? Lowen? And yeah, he put on a show, man. He was awesome. Um to watch, just physical. Uh, of course, 91, as I mentioned, the team that was in Saskatoon here with Eric Lindros, but also on that team was uh, Brad May and Scott Thornton. And um, again, you know, Brad May was on the world junior team. What? Well, well, go back and look at his G- See, that's people, when I'm throwing these names out, I think people might sometimes get the the NHL version of these guys in their heads, and then they can't believe that they were on a world junior team. But in junior, like Brad May had like 90 points in like 30-some games yeah it was ridiculous yeah and then scott thornton same thing um 1992 turner stevenson was on the team again 30 goal guy 200 minutes um big body physical guy and they they still would go for that they wanted that physical presence um but not just a goon you know in that sense um like you know they were oh we want a physical we'll put Bugard on the team or something like no it wasn't that way but i mean at the same time stevenson was a premier power forward in the western hockey league at the time um with, with seattle with 30 some goals and you know first round pick and yeah you know so again like you go back and um people think of the nhl version of turner stevenson and can't believe maybe he was on a world junior team but no he was he was awesome in seattle um uh, what, what, that Those 92, so 93. Uh, yeah, Jason Smith, Chris Gratton. Again, Chris Gratton, high pick from Tampa Bay. Um, same thing, power forward and junior. Um, Jason Smith, I mean, everybody listening knows Jason Smith. Again, the rugged defenseman. Uh, 94, then speaking of well, speaking of uh, rugged D, McCabe and Witt. Brandon Witt and Brian McCabe, patrolling the blue line. Again, massive hitters, big dudes. Um, both had lengthy NHL careers. Yeah, and both were like tough as shit. You know, even in the NHL, they would fight, but in junior, especially. Um, yeah, big dudes. 95, you had, again, physical. McCabe's back on the team, this time with Jovanowski, Joe like, like who was insane watching Jovo run around. I became a massive Jovanowski fan. Because, again, OHL guy, we didn't know him. But, you know, we're watching the tournament at home in 95, and it's like, who the hell is this Jovanowski? He was awesome in that tournament. And of course, everyone's. Twitter favorite Jamie Rivers was on that team as well um and, hey Rivs I mean wasn't a fighter but I mean Rivs could hit physical guy but I mean unbelievable offensive defenseman um again go back and look at his junior stats like I think he had 100 points one year and I remember Bob McKenzie would always call him every game to call him the riverboat gambler because he'd go end to end and like yeah Rivs could play man without a doubt. Um, also on that team, a couple of agitators, Darcy Tucker and Todd Harvey. Unbelievable. Like, but again, Tucker, 60 goals in Kamloops. Um, Todd Harvey, 50 goal guy in, in the OHL. Um, yeah, unbelievable and just physical. Um... 96 team, had Rhett Warner, again, physical blue liner, saw him here in Saskatoon, I grew up with him, you know. Um, yeah, physical could bang, oh, he could hit, Warner could hit. And uh, and Ginla was on the team as well. And I mean, you know, what more needs to be said about Jerome Ginla? I mean, I've had all the guests on my show that played against him back then in the 90s, late 90s in the Western Hockey League. They're just like, you know, 60 goals, 130 minutes. He's fighting everybody and, you know, yeah, unbelievable. Um the ninety-seven team in Chase and Doig. Again, um big physical guy. I think he was a cute guy. He was from the Quebec League. Um yeah, physical defenseman, high draft pick. Um, you know, never really panned out in the NHL, but yeah, and junior, physical dude. Um also on that team by Trent Whitfield. Um Trent just uh, started following me here on on Twitter um, after I interviewed uh haley mike haley so it's, it's a Spokane troop with graf and aaron miller and all those guys on, on twitter so uh witter if you're listening thank you uh for the follow and uh yeah he was on the 97 team um you know the 2000 team um and 2001 Barrett Jackman was on both teams uh, again played for the Regina Pats captain there dominant in his own end um, you know kind of an, well, offensive but you know kind of just that sandpaper stay at home D man physical just steady Eddie back there you know uh, yeah solid and then the 0-3 team um, you know Jordan 2-2 again everybody looks at the, the 2-2 of the NHL but the guy scored 50 goals one year with the Brandon Wheat Kings and um mean he was a little he was well, let's be honest. he was a little bastard like he was dirty as shit and uh like th- him the tutu train for the team canada team and he was just he would ran guys and like they said like the russians and stuff in finland they they didn't know what to make of this guy like he was insane you know five eight just running around plowing guys over and just like they're what the fuck is this you know like they hadn't seen anything like it and uh yeah, he was unbelievable. Um, the know, sixteen, Steve Downey. Um, again, you know, uh, big. Kind of came with a big rep from the Ontario League. Um, physical, got real physical. Um, you know, obviously had his issues, and you know, I won't go into that here. But uh, you know, played a while in the NHL, um, and um, like I said, I haven't heard much from him lately. I know a few years back, he was he got really vocal on Twitter for a little while. And he was kind of going off on everybody. And I don't know if there were some issues there or what. But anyway, yeah, great in junior, though. But uh, 2008, Wayne Simmons. Of course, you know, everybody listening knows Simmons. Um, he's, yeah, he's on the Leafs now. Yeah, I always forget. They, I, everybody thought about Joe Thornton going to the Leafs. I forgot Simmons went to the Leafs as well. Um, 2011, Matt Cassian. Um, or Matt Cassian. I wish it was Matt Cassian, but, uh, Zach Cassian, pardon me. Um, you know, uh, played really well with Team Canada that year, actually. And again, big physical guy. And, um, ninth overall pick, um, Ontario League guy. I think, again, I think people are surprised that, you know, they, like I said, they, the fans kind of view him as like, oh, he's this fourth line kind of bruiser guy. But, no, um, big guy, skills, I mean, obviously, and, um... Yeah, he's playing well in Edmonton and has kept that, uh, him and the Chuck there at the Battle of Alberta, keeping, somewhat keeping the Battle of Alberta alive a little bit, or rekindled it anyway, at least with those two. And, uh, you know, in 2015, you had, uh, Samuel Moran, Samuel Moran, um, about six foot seven. He's in the Flyers organization. He's been there for a while, and, um, you know, phys- tough guy. Um, I don't know if he'll ever play with the Flyers. I know he's kind of been up and down, played a few games here and there, but um, I think he's sort of AHL career at this point. But uh, And the other one, uh, Darnell Nurse. You know, of course, a uh, physical guy for the Oilers there on the blue line. So, yeah, guys, that's sort of the history of just kind of throwing some names at you that I got off the roster. Like I said, it's it's interesting to go back and see those guys. And uh, and and like I said, you, you sort of have to get out of that you view them, I mean, it's you know, obviously, but people view them for their NHL kind of careers. But, um, yeah, when you go back and, and junior with these guys, it was they're pretty unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, that 87 brawl it was it was interesting. I went back and I watched the video. The videos are all over YouTube. If you if people listen, um, I'm assuming everyone listening has seen the the, the line brawl or the bench clearing brawl from 1987, um, where they shut the lights off because the refs lost complete control and they didn't know what to do. And, um, what I didn't know in reading and I've, cause I, I've never heard anybody, um, talk about it or I've never seen footage of it is apparently Canada had a, a pregame brawl, um, with the Americans like three days before that. And it's like, no one talks about it. Now it was written that they had a, bur- a brawl. I'm doing air quotes, a brawl, whatever that means. I'm not sure, but clearly something happened. So I'm surprised. Um, I'm surprised it never gets mentioned. Actually, because the first I heard about it was today, reading about it. And I was just like, really, and um so yeah, um I'm gonna have to do some more investigation, and, like read up. And I mean, maybe there's video of it. I don't know, but I, I've never seen it. um But no one's ever mentioned that that I know of. But um yeah, it was interesting just reading about the brawl. Like I said, because I mean. I've seen the video and everything, um, of the brawl, but I've never watched, like, the whole game or anything uh, that led up to it. And, uh, so I just sort of read a summary of it. And, um, obviously, uh, Fleury was there, um, and he kind of got it going, um, in terms of, um, because Theo Fleury was an unbelievable junior player. Well, he's an unbelievable NHL player, but, um... So flurry kind of uh sorry i just have to pause there for a second uh flurry sort of started after he scored a goal there in the first period i guess he slid on his knees and sort of did the machine gun thing towards the bench um so that kind of got everybody's higher up and then um later on there was a bit of a scrum and uh um and that's when the first fight happened was with uh I want to say Santa Pass got into the first fight, and then it just sort of led from there. Um, it was in the uh, second period with about six minutes left, and Canada was winning four two. I think, and the big thing with this brawl that, um, at least in Canada, uh, that everybody gets mad about is the Russians were out of the tournament; like they had they had no chance of winning the medal, and. Um, Canada had a chance for the gold medal if they'd won the game. So there's been a lot of, of course, uh, theories over the that the Russians started it and whatever. Um, um, I, I think at that point, the Russians, obviously, not knowing that they weren't going to medal, had nothing to lose. Because when the brawl started, the Russians were actually the first ones to leave the bench. And then Canada followed. Um, so, But of course, both teams got kicked out of the tournament. Um, and uh, I know it, it really hit the fan, here back in canada and of course the media again just like now um everybody got on them and uh don cherry of course was the most vocal about sticking up for the guys and uh him and him and brian williams um almost got into it in the studio it's funny because they're friends him and brian are friends now but at the time um yeah of course brian williams um was sort of like the, I was going to say kind of an earlier version of Ron McLean. He did a lot of other sports as well, Brian Williams. Um, But if you go on YouTube and look it up, there's there's a bunch of videos on there of the time. And, uh, yeah, Cherry's like ready to murder him. And Cherry's getting into it with his other guy. I can't remember what the guy's name was. But, of course, they're all like, oh, this is a disgrace and whatever. And, like, Cherry's saying, like, well, what did you want him to do? Just sit there while the entire Russian team beats on five Canadian. You know, really? I mean, you can go on, but cherry and whatever but he has a point like what do you okay when the russians leave the bench first what are you gonna do just sit there and not do anything um so it's really inter- anybody that wants to uh, if you haven't yet um fourth line voice on youtube uh well, there's my youtube plug check out my channel it's got over 2200 fights on there and stuff uh from junior to pro Um, But I think I have The Brawl on there as well, although it's all over YouTube. But what I do have is um, the the Don Cherry's old Grapevine show that he would do. It was like a half-an-hour interview. He had different guys on um, from his bar back in the 90s. Um, One of the interviews I have up is Brendan Shanahan's interview, and it's from like 1993 or something. But in the interview, they talk about The Brawl in 87, and so it's interesting. You can get your Shanahan's point of view on it. But... um, um, I know Vladimir Costantinov head-butted. I think it was Greg Hogood and broke his nose. And um, one of the things that doesn't get talked about very often is um, all the benches cleared, except for the one Canadian that didn't leave the bench was Pierre Turgeon. And um, a lot of the guys on that team really held that against them for a long time. And because uh, I know one of the stories is Steph- there was a guy, Stefan Roy, um he was getting like double teamed by two russians because of course everybody's paired off and grabbing and pulling and stuff and he was getting double teamed because of course they were outmanned right because turgeon was on the bench and he took a real beating and um there was a lot of guys and i know everett santa pass was really vocal vocal calling Terjan gutless and and uh yeah he uh he had a lot of heat with the boys after all that. I mean, I think he eventually went on the ice after the coach finally talked him into doing it. But yeah, he was, Tershon was always soft as shit, but it was, uh, I mean, great player point wise, but I mean, that's just, how do you sit there and watch your, watch your teammates get double teamed and stuff when you're sitting there? That's always oh, that week. But um, yeah, and I know he had a, like, like I said, a lot of guys from that team held it against them. And, uh, but um, no so Shanahan's saying like they basically got escorted to the border by like the military and, and, and run basically right out of because uh, it was in uh, the Czech Republic the tournament yeah and they got like taken right to the border and and booted out and um, I guess when they flew back um, so the article in one of the articles I read Mike Smith who was the GM of the Jets at the time who was a notorious candy ass um, I, apparently he was at one of the airports where Team Canada landed and he talked about how disappointed he was in them and he gave the whole team a tongue lashing I was like oh god yeah okay whatever but um, uh, for all the things uh, Harold Ballard of course the everyone is a, the infamous Harold Ballard the former owner of the Leafs the cantankerous owner of the Leafs um, he actually had gold medals made up and um, for the team and uh, I think Shanahan said he went and a couple guys like a couple of the Ontario guys went and accepted the medals at one of the Leafs games and got a standing ovation from the crowd And um, but he even says like when they were flying home like they were really um, nervous about the reception that they were going to get in Canada, about being kicked out of the tournament and everything. And I mean, yeah, like I said, you have your Brian Williams and your do-gooders that were all mad about it. But for the most part, I think the fans and everything were were fine with it. I mean, like you said, what are you going to do if they clear you got to go? And uh, but yeah, and they but like you said, fight and all of a sudden they shut the lights off on you while the brawl's going on. That'd be pretty scary sitting there in the dark. And uh, yeah, but what a what a scene if if anybody listening has not watched it uh i highly recommend you go back and and uh and definitely check out the the footage that's on youtube um definitely uh a unique time in history that's for sure the 87 punch-up and pistani brawl but um yeah so there's the world junior kind of breakdown um yeah so hopefully uh like I said, go Canada. We'll see this year what happens. But uh, that's one thing um, whenever it's, it's you know, a tournament with 18-, 19-year-olds in it, and or I guess it's under 20, but, um, you know, they'll be, uh, th- the intensity's always there, and, and, and they'll give her. So, uh, and it's, uh, you know, that's the the next the next stars are coming out of that tournament and uh so it's always a, it's always a fun tournament to watch and then, unfortunately this year in the in the preseason or in the exhibition game uh, kirby dak got uh hurt that really sucked um to see his wrist all busted up like that that uh you know that hurts that was Canada's best player and i was actually really looking forward to kind of seeing him play of course he played for the Saskatoon blades here play she goes uh was the third pick, third overall uh, to the Blackhawks and uh, yeah, that's a big blow to Team Canada when you lose your best player, so um, you know, obviously talent on the team clearly, but uh, when you can get an NHL guy back to play, and of course again, that's a shining example of, I know people get get mad at the NHL teams for, uh, for not sending some of these kids back, the ones that they keep, the 18, 19 year olds to come back to the tournament, but there's the exact reason why you don't and uh that's millions of dollars it just got injured there so i'm sure the chicago gm and the coaches were pulling their hair out when that happened and and everyone's holding their breath in chicago so you know uh i can definitely see why why teams don't don't send their guys because i know people are mad that the rangers with lafreniere and stuff and uh but yeah there you go that's why so we'll see it'll be interesting um as the years go on with these tournaments um what teams will do with their high end picks now i mean that's a, a cautionary tale right and uh you know there's lots of money invested in these kids and as much as you'd like to see them come back and you want to see the best under 20 year old players in the world play um at, at the end of the day it's a business and uh these guys are investments right and your product and you don't want your product uh especially when it's not making you money uh you know, so it um, unfortunately that might be the uh, the end for the high end NHL players coming back. That's for sure, but we'll see. But uh, hopefully he heals up and, and gets back at it because nobody wants to see that. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, guys, that's about it. Um, I know, um, like I said, uh, I, I debated kind of talking about this because it's kind of like, what's the point? I mean, whatever. But it was brought up to me by several people. Um, You know, and of course, that was the incident in Calgary, um, with the, uh, police having to take the guy off the ice and playing hockey and, and pulled the taser on him and told him to get the fuck down and whatever and fought with him and finally got him down and went and handcuffed and arrested him. And, um, I know Joe talked about it briefly on his, and, um, I did do, I, I, you know, obviously everybody's seen the video, um, the minute and a half video that made the rounds and so blew up social media and i saw lots of people on my timeline of course talking about it and um (laughs) um like i said we'll uh i I don't talk politics on here um i know people don't tune in to listen to politics and uh and it was funny in talking to a few people and joe and stuff and i was just talking about personal politics and stuff and like he said you, you know i've i've never sort of indicated either way really and um you know and i've had guests on when my on my show when i've talked to them off air and stuff and um not oh who'd you vote for it was nothing like that but i mean there's a a political edge that you know we talked about a few things and um you know i agreed with some disagreed with others um that's their opinion and like i said you know we're grown-ups here listening and it's like you know everyone has a right to their opinion on things um I definitely think um, people should definitely look into um, the situation, and not. Um, I will say with this incident, um, it, it was interesting to see who and who was saying it in the comments. Because, like I said, I follow these people on Twitter, so I've seen their comments on other things. So I know their I know their stance on things, and uh, it's interesting how. Um, the hypocrisy of it. Um, you know, the same people that like to yell fake news, believe this story, hook, line, and sinker. And yeah, and it's, um, yeah, um, you know, like I said, the the law and order crowd, little, little hypocrisy here. All of a sudden, now you're mad at the police. And, um, well, and like I said, I didn't just read the articles and oh you're just parroting the cbc and they're liberal and no i went to someone for a lot closer to the source and uh and and got the skinny and um i'm not going to go into everything he told me but uh, suffice to say um the video that everyone sees the minute and a half video there um does certainly not does not tell any of the story and um, you're just seeing the back, you're seeing the tail end of what was a lengthy confrontation and discussion before all that happened um, which is conveniently being left out of the story um, everybody keeps saying the kid that was involved, first of all he's 21, let's not call him a kid he's not a child, he's 21 years old, he knew exactly what he was doing um, I have it on good authority that he has been a nothing but a public nuisance for weeks leading up to this, doing a variety of stupid things. And um, I've seen him all over Twitter and everything else. He likes to claim he's a freedom fighter. Well, you're not fighting for my freedoms, buddy, so stop calling yourself that. You're not storming the beaches in Normandy. Um, you're just making a fool of yourself. Um, and person eh, if I was the cops I would have tased them I would have no problem with that You know, um, I know there was an incident um, the bylaw inspectors there has been numerous complaints about this rink for days leading up to this incident the bylaw inspectors came asked everyone to come off the ice because it was mandatory I believe it's 30 people max on the rink and there was over 40 so they asked everybody to get off now here's the problem folks now, whether, this isn't about whether you agree or disagree with these mandates. And you want to yell about freedoms and tyranny and communism. We'll save, we'll save that for Facebook, whatever you want to yell about. I'm not saying it's good idea or bad idea. Them's the rules. That's all I'm saying. Those are the rules that have been put in place. And this isn't a debate whether you like them or not. I'm not debating that. Okay? So this idea, all these headlines, Oh, I guess you can't play Hawking Canada. Yep. It's communism. Yep, no one can play hockey anymore. Okay, stop. That's bullshit. As I'm sitting here, on the way here, watch the rink across the street over at the school here. It's got kids playing on it. You can play hockey. Stop with the, no one's allowed to play hockey and we all have to stand under our covers in our bedrooms. That's not true. You can't play hockey. But there is a limit on the rinks. Okay? Let's, that's, I don't care if this isn't a left thing or a right thing. I am telling you that's what it is. Okay? So I, I'm not about to debate whether the rule is stupid or not. That's not what, at the end of the day, that's the rule that's been put in place. Okay. The bylaw inspector went there, told everybody to get off the rink, explained why, was basically told to get lost, and no one listened to them. They said it again. Same thing happened. So this time, they phoned the police. The cops showed up. We're really not going to do anything. But then more people showed up. So the cops decided, okay, I guess we have to do something. Because folks, let's be honest, these cops don't want to do this. They don't want to enforce this either. But when they get called and there's a complaint about it, they eventually have to do it. I work with police every day. I see them every day working. They're at the yards around us. I talk to them they're not they do not want to go and enforce these mask mandates or public social distancing or gatherings and all this they have way more important things to do but at the same time these other rules that have been put in place and if they have to enforce them they have to enforce them they don't want to but if you're going to force their hand they have to do it but they don't like this any more than the list you listeners like this or that I like this but this is their job and this is what they're told to do in this at, at this time. So they went down there, told everybody to get off the ice, which everybody did, except old Ocean here. That's his name. It was Ocean with a whiz in that or whatever. Um, he decided that this was going to be his big chance to be the big freedom fighter. And it was over 15 times. You can investigate this. Like I said, I talked to a very reliable source. 15 plus times. He was told to get off the ice and told why. Like you said, on the little video that you see, he's sitting there, what do you mean, why? I can't play hockey. All I want to do is play hockey. He was told why numerous times. So the video you're seeing is bullshit. And it is just the tail end. So do not think they just showed up and pulled their taser and started yelling, get the fuck down and everything else. No, that is not what happened at all. And like I said, he's been pushing... Old ocean, I know about you. You've been doing bullshit for a couple weeks now. Causing shit. Because you you're some anti-mask, you hate all these rules and whatever. And again, I know I have friends that are in the same boat, people, that's not what I'm talking about. At the end of the day, these are the rules that are put in place. Now you can argue all you want if they're stupid or not. At the end of the day, like I said, those are the rules. And the cops are there to enforce them. Their job is to not stand there and debate whether to go into legal proceedings with you. If you don't like it, you know, go to court and fight it then. But just because if, if I get a seatbelt ticket and I don't agree with the ticket, I can't just throw the ticket at the cops, say this is bullshit and drive away. And everybody can call me a freedom fighter. No, it doesn't work that way. So he got taken, eventually got taken down, but he resisted arrest. They were to, like I said, he was told many, many times why and to leave. He was given multiple chances to leave. He decided not to. Well, then you're getting arrested, which, again, he resisted that. Well, so you get what you get then. So like I said, you can't sit there and yell and scream law and order when all the other protests and everything were going on. You're all pro-cop. But all of a sudden oh it's the kid that wants to play hockey now we're mad at the police because you don't like the mask rule or social distance rule well we can't start folks come on now we can't start picking and choosing our outrage here this isn't about whether the mandate is stupid or good or otherwise at the end of the day those are the rules put in place the cops are enforcing those rules and as citizens we must obey the rules regardless of how stupid you think they are he chose not to and apparently made a nice big scene down at the cop station and everything else so congratulations all because of social distancing and a piece of cloth you now have a criminal record doesn't seem really worth it to me but and I know the media has tried to do the backstory of all oh, your mom's death and all oh, what a story a single mother and everything well hey absolutely but at the end of the day that has no bearing on you acting like a goof. And you did. You acted like a goof. I'm sorry, folks. And it wasn't just some kid that just wanted to play hockey with the fellas. No. you're. So instead, you wasted bylaws. You didn't listen to bylaw inspectors. You wasted police time. Not only arresting you, taking you down, writing reports, dealing with all this, when they have many other things to deal with at this time of year the last thing they want to do is deal with some guy that doesn't want to come off a hockey rink because he thinks the the health order is stupid what are we doing here grow up, you're not a freedom fighter I see you all over Twitter saying you're fighting for my freedom, you're not fighting for my freedom stop, I'm not interested in you fighting for my freedoms grow up, so I'm sorry if that's uh, for some listeners out there if, we, no I'm not being a liberal, lib bitch no, it's nothing to do with that again you guys all like to say you're pro-cop and back the cops and everything else well until this happens then it's all fuck the cops well you can't what, what are we doing what are you both ways because you don't like the law and you don't like it's tyranny and it's communism oh i guess it's we're russia now we this is my canada oh yeah and every other horse shit online come on stop with that you know why there has to be law and order and the police were just doing your job, doing their job, and they gave you ample opportunity to go away, to walk away. They explained why. Again, it's not up to them to say, yeah, that's a dumb rule or the right law or a stupid law or whatever. They're not there to to, to debate that with you. Go to your counselor. Go to, go to your politicians. Go to the whatever to argue that. But to the police officers that are just there... Responding to a phone call that's not their job but you forced their hand by acting silly and you did you resisted so people could say whatever they want but you did at the end of the day so I don't have any sympathy for you and I'm a pro cop guy I am they have a hard enough job I have family members that are police officers friends that are police officers I know what they go through I know I couldn't do it. So I felt for them in that position. Because like I said, they don't want to be used as political pawns or whatever either. They're simply just being, it. they're enforcing the law that they're told to enforce. And no, Canada's not turning into Russia and this isn't communism or whatever your Uncle Ralph's Facebook tells you it is. It's not. You can play hockey. There's just a limit on how many people they want on the rink right now. So let's all just calm down with Canada's falling apart. You know when it's falling apart? When police officers aren't listened to. And there is no law and order. Whether you like the law or not, that's not up for debate. Like I said, go to court then and argue it. But don't argue with the the officers. They're simply just doing their job. And that's what happened here. So again, look a little further past the minute and a half video that was posted online. There's a lot more to it than that, and this. So I will just leave it at that. Again, this isn't a political rant, and I'm not saying yes or no. All I'm saying is I completely felt sorry for the police in that epi- in that situation, that having to deal with this. And I can tell you, it's not all just cut and dry. And what you see on the video is what happened, because that's not what happened. There's a lot more to the story, and. You guys, you know that, or should know that. That's much deeper. But I said it's, it's interesting again how the media, either both sides, left and right, can manipulate a story. Because, of course, the rebel news are right in there, because, of course, it has to do with the pandemic and everything, and the mask thing and everything, and your rights and all that. So they say one thing, and the CBC says another. And it's right versus left again, conservative versus liberal, and blah blah blah. Why do we have to put politics into everything? Just stop. It was a public health order, and they were enforcing the health order. Again, it has nothing to do with if you think it's right or wrong. That's the law that was put in place, so that's what they were doing. And he chose not to resist arrest. Well, after being told for ten minutes to leave. So this wasn't just a sudden thing. So stop with that narrative. So, anyway, that's all I do. That's all I want to talk. I didn't really want to talk about it. But like I said, I had a bunch of people bring it up. Um, I, I didn't say I argued with them. But I gave them my feelings on this. And like I said, I wanted to get to the bottom of what really happened. So I made a few phone calls. And, uh, yeah, much clearer now. Like I said, it'll come out there's nothing's gonna to happen to the cops either by the way but um i'm sure the story will die but uh if it doesn't it'll be interesting to see what comes out in the next little while about it but all is not as it appears folks on the surface but i i laugh because like i said there's a lot of people that like to yell fake news and everything else but they bought this story and it was like mm, you're picking and choosing what news you come on now you know Uh, a little bit of hypocrisy going on but hey we're all guilty of it right but at some about everything certain things but um i'm not i'm just i've said this before i've said on twitter i've said it on here before i just hate how everything politics gets brought into everything and i know with the pandemic and everything going on that Everything's supercharged politically, um, especially in the United States. Obviously, with everything that's going on down there, but up even in Canada, um, you know, people are tired of the pandemic and everything, and and you know, and there's a lot of stuff going on in Alberta, especially, um, you know, separatist talk, separating talk, and all that. And yeah, there's a whole host of problems, and uh, you know, every once in a while, incidents like this happen, and it bubbles up and boils over, and um, you know, and uh, yeah, it's just really too bad. I just, I felt bad for everyone involved. And, um, yeah. And, um, it shouldn't have went like that, but unfortunately when, when people push, you have to, sometimes you got to push back. And, um, and like I said, I wish a video of the entire incident would have come out and, uh, we wouldn't even be talking about it, but, uh, here we are. And here I am talking about it, but, uh, no, and again, I, like I said, I know guys that have are listen to the show that i talked to about this incident and um uh i you know i like i said we're all adults here and we can talk and and everyone has an entitled to their opinion and like i said if me talking about this all of a sudden i lose listeners over this it's like well i don't know you're really that interested to begin with like i said um you know this is just uh, this is my opinion on it this is i investigated it i got the story that this is my take on the story like i said do your own investigation look into it um but there's more than meets the eye of what people are seeing on the surface is all i'm saying and um like i said we can be adults here and talk about it. hey guys you know hey i'm old school and um uh, I I've, I've got a lot of conservative views for sure, but I have a lot of liberal views as well. Like I've always told everybody when it comes to politics and stuff, you know, I'm in the middle. That's what I always well at one time your count kind of the three party system, liberal meant middle. So that's kind of what I well, at least that's how I always viewed it. So I always kinda of, like somebody says, Oh, are you right or left? And then I'm like I always say it depends on the topic. So Yeah. So not it's uh I'm not... An, an extremism left or right annoys the shit out of me. So, um, yeah, I'm not that either. So, um, but, you know, you guys have listened to this show for a long time. I probably do have a lot of conservative views and in, in, in saying that kind of an old school, old time... oh well, back of the day it was this. I guess that because be sort of looked at as, as viewed as a conservative type view, I guess. So... I've been I've had people privately on Twitter talk to me and I I guess maybe they think I'm a conservative, I guess. And uh like I said, it depends what the topic is, some things I am, but in other topics I guess I'm I'd be liberal. Um again, depending on what the topic is. Um but I will say when it always came to police or anything like that whatever you want to call it, the air quotes a law and order guy, yeah hard-on-crime. I am. I'm a believer in that. And, uh, so I will definitely always back the police and, um, you know, at the same time, I didn't just completely back them on this. When I first saw the video, I did some investigating and, um, got to the bottom of it and I'm completely on their side over this incident, but I didn't say anything at first cause I wanted to see what was happening. And, um, cause I kind of figured there was more to the story than what was just being told or shown. And, um, and there is, so and i hope it comes out for everyone's sake so we can all see what's going on and uh so like i said folks don't believe everything you see around the surface but uh no again this is uh let's get away from the conservative and liberal talk or would it be liberal and conservative yeah i guess so yeah or democrat republican for my american uh folks out there um yeah like i say folks i'm I'm, I'm comfortably in the middle. I always like to say where common sense is, but uh, I'd like to think I have common sense on issues. Um, like I said, just every, like I said, I, I wish people would just let other people be entitled to their opinions, and uh, let's not shun them for it. And uh, I really hope my listeners on this show will not will be a little more mature than that and won't shun me for this. Hey, if you don't agree, get a hold of me on Twitter. and um, Or if you're not on Twitter, Hockey fights at hotmail.com. Get a hold of me there, and hey, let me know how you feel. You know, for me, again, me, whatever. Um, like I said, we're, we can have a um, or on, like I said, Twitter. Get a hold of me privately, and um, yeah, all I can, I'll talk about this or any issue. Um, like I said, we can. We can be adults. We don't need to yell and scream at each other because we have different views on things. I mean, that's that's silly, and that's um, unfortunately, I think that's where the world has really, uh, in a lot of instances, um, gone in terms of yeah, you can't have an opinion on something without getting the mouth put taken to you, and uh, which isn't right. And I mean, I'm not talking about extremism. I'm just saying in general, if you have an opinion and you have facts behind it and, um, uh, and reasons why it's valid. Everybody, any, everyone's is. And, and I think we need to recognize that and you can counterpoint and, uh, can have a debate like adults. And if you don't agree with me in this case, well then, okay, that's fine. Get all, or, you know, we, we just don't agree on this one. I hope you agreed on my Derek England and my team Canada ones, and you'd keep listening to the show and whatever, but, um, uh, Like I said, that's my take on the incident. might not be yours, but that's mine. I investigated it. That's the information I got, and that was my conclusion I came with using that information. So um, that's how I feel about it anyway. But anyway, guys... um, i have a really cool guest coming up at the end uh next wednesday of course wednesday is the interview shows um steve parsons um was a great guest it's gonna be a two-parter because steve and i talked for almost four hours and he was a really great guest told some really great stories and it was it was great to have him on the show and um yeah really looking forward to bringing that interview for you guys and uh of course that'll be the last one of the year um so i will uh I, i will talk about uh a few of the people that I, I, I kind of want to wrap up with um I could just do it now like just just guys I want to say thank you to in terms of like you know guys it was April 26th that I started this show on the network my first episode on the net po- hockey podcast network and uh Dylan and Isha and the pro- producer the pigeon producer um they've all been great with me and uh promoted me and um you know again I hopefully i think they're happy with my with my with my job that i've done for them. i agreed to to do two episodes a week and it's been tough guys i'm not gonna lie it's been there's been a real grind some days or some weeks to do it and um you know and i've had my i've had my moments of wanting to pack it in when things weren't going right in terms of trying to get guys and got real frustrated a few times but um no I was talking to you guys and the listeners who've really supported the show from day one and it's really grown and I've seen it in the ratings and the rankings um you know like I said every once in a while we'll throw chartables. things that man know the other day I was like 21st on chartables in Canada which was unbelievable um that people that many people are listening and um No, it's been a real, it's been real a lot of fun bringing the show to you guys and uh, and getting the feedback from everybody, from the ex players to the fans that tell you they listen and enjoy it, and it's really humbling. And like I've always said a bunch of times, that to think that uh, just some idiot in Saskatoon yelling out, looking out his window, is uh, getting that many listens, it's it's like I said, it is really humbling. And uh, no, guys, it's been great. From and you know, and then you know to get not j- but just the feedback from everybody but some just some outstanding unbelievable gifts from people which no, i'm not asking for send me gifts but just you know from ken it has been unbelievable um dean mayrad curtis swanson um you know jay in iowa who did huge favor huge favor for me in a gift that um was going to put me in outstanding graces with the father-in-law and um you know dave here that lives in town um you know just sent me a, a a nice card over here and um and of course um dave in michigan as well history of hockey fights with the prober collection has been outstanding and you know alec over at the five for fighting and of course joe i've uh, talked to those guys all the time and and um they've been great and uh, joe with all the pitchers and and same with alec i mean he's you know uh, above and beyond and with the jersey and it's insane and uh jason taylor i know he's listening out there with the old vhs tapes and um jane finland um with, who's helped me out immensely in the researching and sending me articles and he's been awesome blaine mccauley with the dvds uh dan Kopeck with the pictures um and every, everybody um that just listens and, and sends feedback um that they enjoy it andrew and taylor and um you know john john and paul over in the uk have been awesome promoting the show searson's been tireless promoting my show and um over on the uk forums i'm sure they're tired of him and sick of me but um no i can't thank those guys enough and all of you um you know send clips or include me in a tweet that hey check this out or the pictures or or anything like that um no guys the, the, as much as I rant and rave and bitch about social media and the new age fans and um, and there is plenty to bitch about obviously on social media but at the same time there's lots of good but from Dr. Chris to William at the Biscuit to um, Dan and uh, Shane at the History of Hockey Fights, all those guys um, um no, they, it, it, you guys have been great to talk to and, and um and I share my videos and my pictures with you guys, and 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 it's true. And honestly, every time that I kind of bitch, and there's been numerous times that I've really wanted to quit and just shut this down because guys ghost you, or don't show up, and you're tired of chasing people around, and and you get really frustrated. And you're like, why am I doing this? Um, I mean, it sounds hokey, but it's true. It's like it's like I don't want to let you guys down, you know, because um, I know how much you guys enjoy the show because you tell me and um yeah and and it's almost like i don't want to say i feel obligated but there's also a sense of um i don't know if there's just like it's just like well there's pride in the fact that you know like i said i i try to do my best with the show and and like i said research stuff and um so I'm not just hitting record. Like there's, I always say, "Oh, I hit record." Just yell at my window, and you know, um, which I do. But when I do bring up a topic, I did research and look into it. I didn't just pull it out of my ass. And uh, and same when I interview a player. I mean, anybody that's listened to my interviews, you know how in depth I go. I take a lot of pride in that, and um, uh, I want to do the best job. Like I said, if, if people are going to invest two hours, two and a half hours um, into me, into my show, you're damn well right. I'm going to give them that effort back. Um, and so I'm not going to mail it in and I will do the best I can, um, do the best research I can and because I, I feel I do owe it to listeners. And like I said, there's everyone of their dog has a podcast these days. So you can listen. To, there's a million other shows to listen to. I know that. So the fact that you took time out to listen to my show and invest that much time into me, the least I could do is be prepared and be on time with the episode. If I say I'm going to have it out on Sunday, it's going to come out on Sunday. If it's going to be a Wednesday. It'll be out on Wednesday. I owe that to people that listen, that invest their time, because time is rare these days, unfortunately. But there it is. So the fact that you're going to take that time to listen to me in my mind i owe it to you to and i hope i've done that for you guys and i want to continue to try to do that for you um like i said and even with this topic here that we just talked about with the kid and the hockey and stuff like that we might not all agree that's fine we don't all have to agree about everything but like i said i think we can all be adults and see both sides and um going at least i won't hey, that's what I'm going to do here, and, um, and like I said, if my latest, you don't like it, and, you know, fuck Darren and the fourth line voice, okay, well, I don't really know how much of a mature stance that is, but if that's your stance, then okay, but, and that's fine, you know, um, but like I said, even if you disagreed with me, that's, uh, that's okay, that's what makes the world go round. I hope we don't all agree on everything, if we did, it would be a fairly boring world, wouldn't it, um, but, uh, no like i said you guys have been great from all my guests um i've enjoyed every one of you and um and i appreciated you coming on and taking that time and giving thoughtful answers and um uh, and, and and the feedback's all been good with the guests and uh yeah yeah guys it's uh it's been a lot of fun this first year um here on the network and like i said it got bought by the media group and um so going forward we'll see what happens in the in 2021 um you know, I know twenty. this is a goofy year. Um, strangest year of my life, for sure, well, for probably everyone's lives. Uh, I've been through a pandemic, and I don't, don't want to go through another one. So, like I said, hopefully, you know, we can, uh, you know, this vaccine will clear things up, and, and, we, and we can get back to, uh, you know, normal life. Um, so, if, uh, I hope, uh, you know, through the craziness, and the shutdowns and everything else i hope in some little way that maybe listening to this show took your mind off of things for a little while that's the goal anyway and i hope going forward i can continue to do that for you and kind of be your old-time hockey voice and i know you guys kind of some of you get a kick out of me the old man yelling at clouds too so i'll, I'll continue to do that there will be something that'll piss me off for sure but at the same time i hope um like i said you guys will keep stick with me and uh we can kind of keep growing this thing and um yeah guys i'm gonna i have a bunch of guests that i really want to talk to that they've uh they they know we just got to set up times and uh i'm gonna keep bringing you the interviews every wednesday and uh, you know we'll go from there but uh, like I said, I guess 20, 2020 twenty twenty won't be done just yet. I got one more episode for you on Wednesday. It'll be my uh, part one with Steve Parsons. But uh, it's it's long, so I'm not going to do a big intro on it. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that now. With, um, just people I wanted to thank and uh, and I like I said, I can't call out everybody's names off the top of my head. So if I didn't say your name, it's nothing nothing personal, obviously. But um, yeah, it was just. Uh, um, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there for, you know, like I said, it's been a rough year for everyone, and um, I hope this show helped a little bit. And um, I don't know, it uh, and, and going forward, hopefully, uh, you know, you guys will remain listening. And uh, yeah, like I said, check it out, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube as well. I'll keep putting fight videos up there. I know it's actually the the the, the YouTube channel is really gotten a lot of hits lately a lot of views last couple weeks so um yeah i'll keep keep putting stuff up and uh keep checking it out and uh and on twitter i've been kind of hit and miss on twitter lately i haven't put a lot of stuff up but uh i'll get back into it but um yeah follow me on twitter if you have if you're not on twitter but you're listening you want to get a hold of me hockey fights at hotmail.com send me an email definitely i'll get back to you right away but um other than that guys i hope everybody had a very merry christmas and uh let's hang in there let's stay safe and uh crazy times right but uh hopefully we're we're seeing the light here at the end of the tunnel i hope and uh you know and and the world can uh we can start putting out a few fires anyway because it's uh, it's been crazy this last year but uh i want to thank everybody again for for listening to the show and for for helping the show grow and uh and and it's really yeah it's been bigger than i ever thought um um imaginable like i said when i first bought the mic and put it in it um i i I always thought half a dozen people would listen and that would be about it and a couple episodes and that would be the end of it i didn't think uh you know i'd have well 40 on my 40 episodes on my old site and 68 on this one so um you know it's been it's been a hell of a run so far and uh and like I said, the feedback's been been really humbling. So, thank you for everybody for for doing that and for listening. And um, I hope you continue to listen and uh, tell your friends. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll keep doing. I'll keep trying to do my best for you guys. But uh, all right, well, I hope everybody had again a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year. And um, I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Okay, thanks everybody.